0: Well, thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I'm super excited to have one of my favorite thriller writers, Hannah Mary McKinnon, back on the show with me to talk about her brand new book, which releases today when you're hearing this. And it's called You Will Remember Me. And I'll tell you what, what a what a thrill ride uh, uh, of a thriller. of a book, this uh, this book made me lose sleep at night, uh, Hannah, and I think that's the the best compliment that you can give a thriller writer, right?
1: That is a huge compliment. Thank <laughs> you, and thank you for having me back on the show. It's such a pleasure to to chat with you again. Thank you. Uh,
0: oh, I'm so excited to have you. Um, you uh your your book last year, um, just really made a huge impression on me and I know it did so many other people and I've, uh, I've been really excited to hear, you know, how do you follow up a book like sister Dear And, uh, and I'll tell you what, this uh, you will remember me as a, is a completely different book, um, but not, uh, not any less, um, you know, of a thrill ride that that's for
1: sure. Oh, thank you. Um, it was, it, It was an interesting experience because Sister Deer was smooth to write. I'm not going to say it was simple or easy because writing a book never is, but I'd plotted it. The the story changed a little bit and I still went through the, I love this manuscript, it's the best thing I've ever written and I hate this manuscript, I'm going to set it all on fire. Uh, that's generally, I have this love-hate relationship, you know, when I'm finishing one one manuscript and I'm already cheating on that manuscript and thinking about the next one, and it's going to be the, the, great, the greatest thing ever, and then after a while I hate it. Um, but all things being equal, Sister Dear was relatively smooth to write, and so uh, when I was writing You Will Remember Me, I'd, I'd followed the same methodology, I'd plotted it out, I'd thought about the characters, and I met the book, and it kicked me in the butt, and it was probably the hardest book I've ever written.
0: Wow. Um, you know, Sister Deer reads differently than um, than the new book does, and uh, I, I, I have to feel like that that is... Um, you know on purpose uh you know at some point it's a, sister dear is more of a linear story where uh yes. and even though it's full of twists and turns and you know uh, breakneck uh you know um uh, j- excitement um it's it it is kind of more of a point a to uh to point b to point c kind of mystery uh where you yes. will remember me is uh You know, begins in a very unsettling way. Um, Did you know when when you start when you when you started cheating, you know, on Sister Dear with you? Remember (laughs) me? I I love that analogy. By the way, you know, did. Did it come to you that way? Was it was your first inkling you know, that this is going to be a, uh, a nonlinear story, a very unsettling way of telling the story before you knew anything about the characters or anything like that? D- did you have an inkling that this was going to be a different kind of story?
1: I, I knew it would be different in the sense that it needed more than one person, uh, more than one person telling the story so sister dear has one protagonist eleanor everything is from her point of view she carries that entire story from beginning to end and also sister dear begins almost at the end the opening scene is is towards the end of the story really and then we travel back 15 months and then it's it's linear from from there on out whereas with you will remember me because it's an amnesia thriller one of the main characters we'll call him the man from the beach as he is referred to it in the first chapter I always knew the book would un, that would open on a beach with a, a man who wakes up has no idea who he is where he's from or how he got there so already that feeling of of oh my gosh who is this guy and how did he get there and what happened to him and and, and what's going to happen to him next? That was that was very clear to me at the very beginning that that would where that would be where the story would start. Where it was going to go from there I wasn't quite sure. Um, but the beach scene was was a very firm anchor in my mind right from the outset. I had
0: um, Hannah, when you f- started conceptualizing the story, um, were there other stories that that um that you were thinking of you know i would like to tell a story that does this in and in a way that this uh, other author has done or, you know were were there any moments of inspiration or was this just you know let me think of the most diabolical way i can tell a story <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh i love that she cackles um yes i i I mean, I'm always inspired and influenced by other authors. That's that's for certain. I mean, when you have an amnesia thriller, there are certain ways of handling that. So I looked at Ruth Ware's *In a Dark, Dark Wood*. She had a non-linear timeline for her amnesia thriller, um, where the character wakes up. Um, I think she believes she's in hospital, and then we go past present, past present, to unravel what happened and how she got there. Um, and I didn't want a, a non-linear timeline. I wanted mine to be to be yes, there are the stuff that's gone on in the past, and I didn't want it to be one character. I needed it to be more than than one. Um, so I also looked at S. J. Watson's um, oh gosh, I'm gonna I don't want to mix up the title. While you were sleeping, um, another amnesia thriller where the protagonists reads her diary every day to find out what has happened to her and what is actually going on in her life but I didn't want to use a diary either because you don't want to copy authors either do you? you don't want to write a book and then have one say have someone say oh that's like who's where or it's like s.j. watson's so mm-hmm. it was very clear that it would be dark and diabolical because that's <laughs> that's kind of what I write um but I hadn't up to that point i don't think that i'd really considered writing an amnesia thriller because there, there are many of them i think the different the challenge with mine was that the point of view character who has amnesia is a point of view character he's not being any, and he doesn't have any set in the past so to me that made it quite unique to actually discover who this person is the reader discovers who this person is Along with the character, which was very challenging to write, that's for
0: sure. Sure. Um, before we dig more into the book, Hannah, let, let's take a sidebar for just a moment um, because I don't know if you've noticed or not, um, but the the last year to fourteen months have, have been kind of weird for for most of the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't yes. I don't know if you've noticed yes, or not. Yes, um, But you know, it's uh, I, and I've loved asking authors about um what their experience over the last year has been like because uh, for the most part um most writers we we work at home um or you know in a in a in an office by ourselves mostly and uh, you know the 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 great majority of the work that we do is done alone and and then you know toward the end of the process then it, it goes to editors and then, you know, there's some back and forth there and there's, uh, you know, then the rest of the marketing team comes in and, you know, there's a lot of collaboration that happens on the, on the very back end, uh, you know, just before it goes out to the rest of the world. But the vast majority of the work is done alone in, in isolation, uh, for the, for the yes. most part. Um, but a weird thing has happened. Um, you know, it has affected, uh, people differently and people that normally spend most of their time alone anyway, um, <laughs> have been, you know, affected. Um, there's something about being told, um, that you can't do anything that you've got to stay home and and all yes. that. and then, then, of course, you know, you know people have had kids at home and homeschooling and all of all of that., um, all of that to ask., um, how has this last year affected you, and have you noticed any difference in your creative process over this time?
1: it It was I think it came in in almost in, in three acts. Um, so when COVID initially hit, I'm in in Canada, close to Toronto. We could see; it was almost as if we could see into the future by looking to Europe and seeing what was happening there. And we knew it was coming, um, and that it was it was going to be horrible. And I freaked out. I'd say probably for oh, probably a good three three to four weeks. Um, I, I, it was very challenging. I just handed in you will remember me um so that was kind of off my plate but structural edits are so the big ticket items the big edits were, were going to be coming and i couldn't stop watching the news i mean obsessively watching the news and and looking online and my husband who's always the voice of reason in my house our house don't tell him i said that he is <laughs> um, he said why don't you just stop watching the news? And I thought that was the most ridiculous thing. How could I possibly stop watching the news? But he said, Well, okay, if you can't stop watching the news completely, just limit it to say half an hour a day. And I did. And that had, it felt really selfish because all of this horrible stuff was going on all around the world. But it, it was stuff that I couldn't. As Rob said, he said, the one thing we can influence, the one thing we can make sure is okay, is our unit of five. And if we can do that and if everybody else can do that, then everything is going to be okay. So I did stop watching the news and I actually jumped headfirst into a project called First Chapter Fun because there were about 14 of us on a a Facebook Messenger chat. This was on March 16th last year, 2020 freaking out about we've got books coming out all of our book events are being cancelled how is this going to work we're going to end up in lockdown and just basically collectively freaking out and I said as almost a joke what if I read the first chapter of your books online on Facebook and Instagram or something and that turned into a community um because I read online for 53 days in a row. I had to do hair and makeup every day for 53 days in a row during <laughs> lockdown. I did not think this through, I swear. Um, because all of a sudden, lots and lots of authors were asking me to, to read. And so as of middle of May last year, I teamed up with fellow crime writer Hank Philippi Ryan. And we read now twice a week. Uh, Not our books. I mean, this week she's got, on Thursday, uh, last week, so she read from from You Will Remember Me just before it published, um, which was lovely. But we always read other authors' books with their permission and with their publisher's permission. So that project made me so busy that even if I wanted to watch the news, I didn't have time anymore. And it was helping other people. I felt like I was actually doing something um, I wasn't changing the world, but I was helping fellow authors, I was helping publishers, I was helping myself um, to focus on something else, and it became this half an hour of fun twice week twice weekly every Tuesday and Thursday at 12:30 p.m. Eastern, and it's still going, and we've got reads booked into into December.
0: Oh, so that so was so much fun. What Death Taught Terrence by Derek McFadden Life is a journey, so is the afterlife. At the end of his life, Terence McDonald must discover its meaning or he'll be banned from the afterlife forever and his soul will cease to exist. Join Terrence and those who love him on a poignant and unforgettable journey through a life at once wonderful and harrowing. Learn what Terence learned see what terrence sees by this provocative story's end readers may even learn a thing or two about themselves see why people are saying things like Derek mcfadden writes with an insight you can match if you like the works of mitch album i think you'll find what death taught terrence a worthy addition to your library and the reading of it a life-affirming journey I found the story immediately immersive and it stuck with me long after I finished. What Death Taught Terrence by Derek McFadden on sale now. Authors, I have a fantastic new service to tell you about. It's called PubSite. PubSite is a service to help you build your very own website, your home on the web where you can promote your work and give your fans a place to connect with you. Pubsite is a website platform that allows every author, regardless of budget, to have a great-looking professional website, developed by the book marketing professionals at FSB Associates. Pubsite is the new easy-to-use DIY website builder developed specifically for books and authors. Whether you're an author of 1 book or 20, or a small publisher, Pubsite allows you to build, design, and most importantly, update your website pain-free. No need to be dependent on a designer or webmaster to make a small but costly change to your website. Save the money and do it yourself. PubSite is the best platform for authors because it's a book-centric platform. PubSite was built just for authors and small publishers. Every design, feature, and layout is book-centric. They have customized designs for you to use. It's easy to build. No coding or HTML is necessary to create a stunning, professional-looking website with all the features you want. Get a custom domain name, yourname.com. It's simple to update. You can add all of your books, add a blog and a book tour, sell from any retailer, manage your email list and social media, and even do e-commerce. Build your website with a 14-day free trial, then pay just $19.99 per month, which includes hosting, and we offer packages starting At $499 to set up the website for you. Pub-site.com. The place to help authors find their home on the web.
1: It was amazing and it still is amazing. And Hank has been instrumental in in developing the whole concept. And we have a Facebook um, group, we're on Instagram, and we just do these reads twice a week. So that was that was great. Then, um, so things were were looking up, and then my mum got ill, not COVID, she, she was already not very well, ended up in hospital and passed in July, and that was probably my lowest point, because I couldn't go to Switzerland to see her, so I couldn't go and say goodbye, I had to say goodbye from thousands of miles away, um, and I haven't been able to go over yet to, to be with my dad and my sister to, to support him. Um, so that was, that was horrible. Um, I, I, I can't describe it any other way. It was absolutely devastating. And so I find my, found myself with, with First Chapter Fun, with You Will Remember Me, edited and done. My mum had passed. And I needed, I needed something. To, to distract myself again something more than first chapter fun and so I wrote another book <laughs> as you do um, I mean it was planned anyway um, my publisher Harper Collins had acquired the book already based on uh, well actually it was, it was a two book deal it was the second of, a, of, a, of a, my latest two book deals um, and I put together a proposal I wrote started writing the first chapter in August Uh, 2020 and handed it in in January Um, so it was really fast it's the fastest I've ever written a book it was the smoothest out of all of them it's probably my darkest but also my funniest which was exactly what I needed I I could deal with the dark stuff but I needed to lighten it with some humor because because of everything that was going on both in the world and, and in my personal life so um, that's a very long answer to to a, a very simple question, but it's it's been a roller coaster.
0: <laughs> no, not not at all. Um, that it has been a roller coaster, and the the writing of this book is uh, happened so quickly, but also the publishing um, that's almost unheard of in today's publishing landscape.
1: Well, the the one I handed in in January will publish next year,
0: gotcha. so it's not. Gotcha. that, that
1: yeah, that wasn't. You will remember me. That one. That one I wrote. Um, I, I handed it in just before COVID hit. Actually, uh, the well, first, uh, the first draft.
0: So, um, was the was the editing of You Will Remember Me was it different during COVID than, uh, you know, were, were there any, um, effects that that made the editing of that different than normal?
1: I don't think so. Um. I think it was just a very, very complicated book to write. Actually, that's a really good question, because maybe looking back, I found it so hard to edit because of everything that was going on. But I don't think so. I think it was, even when I handed You Will Remember Me in to my editor in January 2020, in comparison to Sister Dear, when I handed that one in, I felt confident in the manuscript. When I handed in You Will Remember Me, I didn't (laughs) i said to her i remember saying to emily listen i i know i know there's stuff wrong with it but i'm so sick of seeing the book and i'm i i can't figure out what what's not working i know that there's stuff that isn't working but can you please help me and and she did and she was absolutely fantastic but i think you will remember me it was hard to write um one of the reasons why is because I'm um, a, a protagonist with amnesia, even though I'd plotted the book and I'd thought everything, and I had my I don't know, 15 page plot and whatnot, when I started writing the chapters for the man at the beach, I suddenly realized, although I knew all of his backstory and history that I'd created for this character, everything that had happened to him up to the point where the story starts, couldn't tell him anything. He wasn't allowed to know because he had reason <laughs> So I hadn't thought about that because you know you're writing a story and you might refer to something or the character will refer to something in the past, something they remember, something they did, something that reminds them of a the situation they're in now or whatever it is. And I couldn't do any of that, and I also didn't want to have the other two characters make him a cup of tea or endless cups of tea and sit him down and tell him about all of his history because that would be really boring. So it was that was a challenge. And then there are elements of um opioid abuse in there, and that's not something I'm particularly familiar with or familiar with at all. So that was really challenging to do research on that. And I have a, a great friend uh, AF Brady, Alex Brady, who's a psychologist and she treats people with addiction. There's one scene in particular um, where one character meets a drug dealer to get a supply of of benzos. And Alex wrote to me and she said, oh, you're so sweet. You've never met a drug dealer, have you? (laughs) (laughs) Because he was very polite. (laughs) (laughs) and she said that's not how it works they don't show up on time and give you what you ask for they'll do stuff to mess with you you know that's they're not you know they're not necessarily very polite probably shouldn't generalize but but it was it was a very a very funny conversation because I felt really out of my element which as an author is also what you want to do you want to you want to be challenged I certainly want to be challenged and write something um, that I've never written about before, and that I have to research and, and then get wrong, and have other people pre-publication um, laugh at me and say, "No, no, no, sweetheart, let me sit you down and tell you how it really works." <laughs> <laughs> well, that
0: that brings about a, um, an interesting um, conundrum for the for the writer when you're dealing with a thing like amnesia, and um, it's. It's hard to build in um, likability uh, for a character that that not only do we as the reader not know anything about, but the character himself doesn't know anything about. Um, you know, there's a, there's a school of thought, you know, that uh, it, I think the the book is save the cat, uh, that where, mm-hmm. you know, they were, um, you know, the way to build uh connection with the, the movie viewer is to have someone save a cat, you know, and you, you um, yes. build an immediate likability. Well, sometimes you don't That's have that option. Right. And, um, yes. and, and, and sometimes, um, you just you have to take the reader on a journey and and the reader may or may not feel connection with this character it may not feel sympathy for a character or or, you, you know you don't have that connection um so how do you keep the story moving even when the reader may or may not feel a deep connection to a character
1: that's that's such a great question because um I'm all for unlikable characters. I love unlikable characters as long as I understand them and understand where they're coming from. Again, someone with amnesia, I, I like the man from the beach um, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> but it is very interesting to try and to try and do that. So with the help of the two other protagonists, Lily and Maya, I was able to show who the man from the beach is through them. So Not big scenes, again, where they sit down and explain to him who he is and what a lovely person he is. No, 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 none of that. Uh, But there's one scene in particular uh, where Maya, uh, the stepsister, has a flashback, and she's remembering the first time she met the man from the beach and how kind he was. She was 12, he was 15. um, And it made him, I think, it made him... uh, hopefully very endearing to the reader. Couple that with the fact that this man wakes up on the beach, he has no idea who he is, He's, he clearly has amnesia um, and he feels unsafe. I think that gives enough to the reader to hook them into the what's, who is this man and what's going to happen. They may not have decided whether they like him yet or not, but hopefully as I've drip fed little details about the man through the other characters eyes that it, it helped cement whether they liked him or not. And I know from some reviews, some people liked him, some people didn't, some people liked him up to a certain point (laughs) (laughs) and that's all completely fine. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, the book you will remember me as told, uh, from three different characters, viewpoints, I believe it's three different. Um, uh, what what were some of the challenges in uh in, in telling this story from three different viewpoints because um you know one interesting thing for me is that you get different perspectives from the three viewers without necessarily getting uh any more information um for for the especially the character with amnesia um you, you really deftly uh, let us view things from different angles um but still, just tease out the information. Um, you know, when <laughs> when you're thinking about the different viewpoints, um, I, I, and I know you're a plotter, um, but are there things, you know, tools that you use to to help you kind of conceptualize the story and and how you're going to tell it from the three different viewpoints? How do you how do you manage that?
1: Yes, there are. Um, one of the things I do is interview my characters (laughs) and that sounds really funny but i have a three-page questionnaire where there are different things i mean the typical things what do they look like and how old are they and what's their job that kind of thing but then also uh ask them about their parents who were their parents do they are they still around do they get along with them um do they believe in ghosts have they seen a dead body all these kinds of things that that probably will not make it into the manuscript, but it helps me build the backstory for the character and differentiate the characters one from the other because I write first person past tense for all three characters. And what I what I really spend a lot of time thinking about is how can I make sure that when one person, when the reader is, is reading Maya's chapter, that they don't have to flip back to the beginning of the chapter and see that it's Maya. They need to they need to know. So I try and always move the story forward, whichever chapter and from whomever's point of view it is, it has to move what has happened up to that point forward another another step. They might reflect on something that has happened, but it can't be. regurgitation of the exact same thing that happened but from just a different point of view so it always has to move the story forward but my my editor told me that and I will never forget that I had a in the neighbors I had this lovely scene between one of the protagonists and his grandfather and it was lovely and she said yeah yeah it's lovely but it doesn't do anything so it's gotta go (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and that stuck with me. I saved it. I copied and pasted it into a different document and saved it just in case I ever want to go read it again, so I got I got the last word. Um, no pun intended. But, um, yes, I mean, I when I plot, um, as well as thinking about the characters a lot, you know, who they are and where they've come from and what has brought them to the point where the story starts, when I plot, I'll also plot each chapter but for each person what's happening to Maya what's happening to Lily and how does the man from the beach react type thing that kind of that kind of process so I'm not just looking at one character and their journey but all three at the same time making sure that they all converge
0: I know you spend a lot of time in the pre-writing phase and and working out uh, problems and, and that sort of thing. Um, but in the drafting, do you ever get caught up in the story and your characters diverge uh, from, from where you have laid out and planned for them?
1: It depends on the book. So... Um insisted in not very much i have to say that one i flipped one thing at the end and that that made it far more machiavellian which i was which I'm, I'm i'm there for that that's no problem um, bring it on um and you will remember me i think it was the the last third of the story that changed probably the. well there were smaller details that made things shift a little bit and when I originally plotted it and sent the plot to my editor, I had three endings in mind, and I said, you know, they, I think this one's great, but I also have these other options if you, depending on what you think, you know, how, how dark. Will you let me go in this book? And she said, "As dark as you want." And so I did, um, which is which is brilliant. I mean, I thought that was that was fantastic that they gave me such creative license to to bring another dark ending to the masses, I suppose. Um, so it really depends. I mean, in in the neighbors, that was exactly as you mentioned. The characters, I had them say turning right, and they said no. Nope we're all going left and you're either coming with us or you can stay where you are, but we're going that way. And they were right. It was, it was far better than that. My my subconscious. I know that, but it was a far better ending than the one I had originally planned. so although I plot heavily, I'm always, always, always um, pretty much with everything in my life, open to change.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the- after writing this book, um, are there were there are, and and this is a question really for for any book that you write, but um, do you ever get to the end of a book and think, oh, OK, well, I've done that. I'll never do that again. Or, um, you know, are you uh, ever surprised at how well um, a plot takes form and 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 think uh, that this is something that I would like to experience again with different characters?
1: both so after handing in copy edits final edits finish finish finished um final product with you will remember me i made myself a promise that i would never write a point of view character with amnesia again <laughs> <laughs> i i decided i decided it's author achievement unlocked and and i don't need to i don't need to do it again because it was it was really hard now Knowing me, I'll probably do it again at some point because, because I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, and I might have an interesting story in my head that, that necessitates a character with amnesia. But I will think long and hard about it. In comparison, the book for 2022, um, that one, I think it was an outlier. I mean, that the plot came really smoothly. It's one point of view character, which, which probably helps. Um, but it was really smooth to write. And I said to my husband at one point, this is going so well. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because this isn't normal. This is not, this is not, normally he would say to me, I'd go to him, and would say, I hate this book. I hate it. And I hadn't said that. And he said, what's, what's, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on with this book? Are you, are you, is it challenging again? Or what's going on? I said, no, it's, it's. And I whispered, easy Um, because you never want to say it's easy (laughs) because I know that's going to come back and bite me in the behind so that I would love to have that experience with every book moving forward that I write but it was so odd because I plotted it in exactly the same way as I did You Will Remember Me and Sister Dear. so I think it was just maybe it was the story, maybe it was the fact that I just needed to um, go with that world because i needed to be there rather than focusing on what was going on in my life uh at the, the second half of last year I'm, I'm not i'd like to think it's because i i've now written six books and i'm an expert but i know that's not true
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you you are uh an expert to us uh you will remember ah, well. me a- <laughs> <laughs> you will remember me is available everywhere today when you're hearing this you can grab it in kindle edition or if you want to hold the paper in your hand you can grab the paperback or uh the audiobook it's available everywhere in audiobook as well we're going to put links to it in the show notes of this episode um hannah if people are just discovering you and want to dig into all the amazing stuff that you do where can they connect with you online
1: they can find me on hannahmarymckinnon.com. Uh, in- and Facebook. I'm Hannah Mary McKinnon. And on Twitter, I'm Hannah M McKinnon because the Mary was too long.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> love it. We'll put links to all those places in the show notes as well. Um, you will remember me uh, a must have for your reading uh, to be red piled this summer. Go grab it to, uh, today. Hannah, thank you so much for taking time to come back on the show.
1: Thank you.
0: It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Same same again next year? Absolutely. Same
1: again next year.
0: Thank you. Authors, if you're looking for a partner to help ensure that your book is the best it can possibly be, look no further than Pico's House. Crystal and her staff make a conscious effort to be critical yet courteous. They also strive to make the business side of things run smoothly so that you can rest easy knowing that your manuscript is in capable hands. Whether you need beta reading, developmental editing, a manuscript critique, line editing, copy editing, or proofreading, Pico's House is the one-stop shop for you.
1: Check them out today at picoshouse.com to get started.